0: This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort of break it, break it down like this. Yo, this is MC Chris, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast. Put you and me, put your hands together, or your hooks! Welcome to episode 36 of THN, where we're talking comics for the week of Wednesday, September 28th. My name's Matt Baum. Now, when I'm not wondering what the hell we're going to talk about on this show. Now that the DC relaunch is over... Crochet. While repeatedly checking my mailbox for that check from Warner Brothers that has got to be lost in the mail at this point, I'm writing about and appraising comics for worthpoint.com.
1: And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online. And when I'm not making Matt, quote... Look bad by skipping D and D night for board game night with my fiance's friends, including
0: Matt's wife. That's right. I just wish you get your priorities.
1: <laughs> I'm the manager of
0: Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, the two-headed nerd concludes its autopsy of the new DC Universe and will supply <laughs> a full post-mortem report on all the week's new DCU relaunch titles. The
1: final week of paid vacation away from actually writing anything at all for this show is here.
0: It's a Brutal bummer.
1: I'm, b- I'm bummed. Uh, it's time for the fourth and final installment. <clears throat> That is until such time as DC decides to restart its entire line of titles again of a whole new world.
0: It's the last time Peebo going to make us feel beautiful for a while, Joe. I'm going to miss it. I'm not going to
1: lie. Me too. It's become like a regular part of my working week.
0: And I apologize to everybody who hates it. Please don't stop listening to the show. Let's start in alphabetical order. (laughs) Joe Patrick, All-Star Western, number one, by Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Moritat. Moritat. He's like Sting. Right. He gets one name.
1: Right, right. Uh, This was a wonderful book. Uh, Well, first let's start by saying,
0: Jonah Hex fans, this is where your Jonah Hex went.
1: Exactly. Uh, When uh, the announcement of the relaunch hit, uh, I was actually very sad because I thought that meant the Jonah Hex title was going away. And then as they trickled out the information of the new titles, they announced All-Star Western. And I have to admit, I was very surprised— because as much as I loved it, Jonah Hex was probably the one of the bottom sellers. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it was not to anyone. <clears throat> um, that said, it was an amazing book.
1: Absolutely. And this first issue hit me like a freight train. It's Jonah Hex stepping out of the Old West and into a baby Gotham City. Yeah, And so he's kind of this fish out of water and he meets Amadeus Arkham. And he spends the whole. Issue yeah, they're going right analyzing the, him. Yet another book <clears throat> that takes
0: place in Gotham City in the relaunch. Eh, I think we're up to fifty. That's fine. <laughs> of the fifty-two, <laughs> but it's
1: it's so it's Jonah Hex and Amadeus Arkham teaming up to fight uh, to uh, find a serial killer. And this book was phenomenal. The artwork was gorgeous. Yeah, this was
0: the same high quality of Jonah Hex, yeah. really carrying through. And I understand they're trying to focus it you know, a little more in Gotham. I don't think they can stay there the whole time. I don't oh, know and I, they probably won't. I don't think Jonah Hex works like that. I think we got to see him wandering around. The only thing I wonder is like, they're trying to save Jonah Hex by rebranding this, by taking his name off the book? Well, Does that seem kind of weird? Cause like All Star Western is certainly not the title it's going to grab people's eye or anything. It's true, but and there's also going to be other characters. Because in this it's book.
1: going there. It, the first issue is just jam packed. It's an extra length story, but normally the book will have a backup, right? Uh, featuring some of DC's other western characters like Batlash or whoever.
0: Uh, but this was fantastic. Yeah. This was top notch. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. This stuff. book
1: is a uh, strong buy from me. It was beautiful th- to look at the art. Mortat. Uh, to my knowledge, didn't do any work on the uh, previous Jonah Hex series, but. I don't think he did. Uh, he fit right in, yeah. and it's just a stunning Really book amazing. To look at. Yeah, really amazing. Strong by it. Matt Baum, tell me about Aquaman number one by Jeff Johns and Ivan Rice.
0: They had one job with Aquaman number one, and they took care of that job in the first two pages. Totally. The idea was Aquaman has been in the butt of everyone's jokes for a long time now. We need to show that he does more than just talk to fish. Page one we see Aquaman doing way more than just talking to fish. This is instantly the toughest we've ever seen Aquaman, and I loved it. Totally loved it. Yes. I love the idea that like he's he's so strong because he can survive in like the depths of he the ocean. in the ocean depths. So when yeah. he gets out of the water, of course he can jump up on top of buildings and stuff. I mean, Throw a truck. Yeah. I mean, Get shot in the face. He's a big, tough guy. Absolutely. This was a great book. This instantly establishes Aquaman as being very, very interesting again. I'm super excited for this one.
1: Now, I can see how some people might have a complaint that they punch home over and over not just the fact that he's interesting, but he's so tough. He's the badass of the badasses.
0: But he's also a laid-back dude. He's like, He goes into a restaurant that his dad yeah. used to take him to. When was the last time we saw that Aquaman? Sure. And, like but, Arthur trying to connect with human beings.
1: I'm saying that's not a complaint for me. Okay. Like you said, I just really loved the idea that everyone is kind of unsure about Aquaman's
0: value. Yeah, the cops are like, "What? what's Aquaman doing here? There's a bank Can robbery. Can I get you a
1: glass of water? What's he going to do?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that he's just perpetually annoyed
1: by it, and it like in the art, Ivan Rice really sells it. Like he does yeah. such a good job making Aquaman expressive, yeah, without words even in some cases. And this is
0: Ivan Rice who worked on Blackest Night, who worked on Green Lantern. Right like this they, guy yeah. is just incredible. He's a master. Yeah, he's a master. You don't have to worry about an Ivan Rice book
1: but yeah this did the job and it is very decompressed
0: yeah like you get
1: only the merest hint of the plot which is fine because this book needed to sell people on the character of Aquaman right and I'm fine that they didn't get too far in the story. Unlike I, what
0: what Johns was doing with like Green Lantern, where they're already in the middle in of something, story, yeah, and you could be kind of lost. This one you can pick up and you can get an idea. Like everybody has a rough idea of who Aquaman is, and they don't really touch on anything in the past other than he's married. But we see his wife, sure. And this is really a great place for someone who wanted to find out what Aquaman's going to be like to start. I'm giving this one a gigantic buy it. I loved it. I I I made noises while I read this one. It
1: was great fun, and it was Jeff Johns doing what he does best. He was
0: focusing on character. Lots of fun here.
1: Wonderful art, great story, buy it.
0: Joe Patrick, the final of the 26 Bat books that came out in the relaunch. (laughs) Batman, (laughs) The Dark Knight, number one by David Finch, with a little help from his friend, Paul Jenkins.
1: Uh, This unfortunately was not It sure looked pretty Didn't it? Man did it look pretty David Finch is not my favorite guy
0: I like David Finch he's not one of my favorites either I don't understand why he's held up on the pedestal that he is Right now he's good he's very good Well he's
1: really good in like the Batman Scenes where it's Batman swinging over rooftops And whatever whatever Uh, Batman crawling through Arkham But the party Scene yeah like everybody looks The same oh yeah and when he's drawn people out of costume, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't, shows. It doesn't work for me. It
0: shows that he's not the guy we think he is.
1: But uh, I will say that this is not as strong as Paul Jenkins' last book, DC Universe Presents. It is already so much better than every other issue of Batman the Dark Knight that has come before it. <laughs> I'll give you
0: – I agree with that statement, and I'm going to say not enough. This was stupid. Oh, no, that's – This was totally uh, yeah. unnecessary. This, the, the intro to this book is the same – almost page-for-page page intro of Scott Snyder's Batman. Yeah. We see Bruce dressed as Batman, swinging around, talking about Gotham City and what Gotham City should be and what it can do, and then he takes off his Batsuit and he changes into Bruce real quick and gives a speech at a podium in front of a party about Gotham City, just like happened in Batman. And then... There's a breakout in Arkham. Yeah. Just like in Batman. I think the and order even, of
1: events is mixed,
0: but other There's even than that. a full-page spread that is looks exactly like a two-page spread that Greg Capullo drew of everybody in Arkham busting out. Like, why did we need this? There's nothing here. Th- this added nothing to Batman's character, <clears throat> his Gotham. We didn't learn anything. It looked just like Batman, only the story was worse.
1: Yeah. I agree. Unfortunately, Batman the Dark Knight, I think, is going to continue to be a book that I ignore. Yeah, it's
0: like if there's going to be three Batman it's books. It's completely
1: superfluous. you got
0: to do something different in each one, and this yeah. it, there's nothing different yeah. here. I agree. I'm giving, I'm giving it a leave it. I'm giving it a leave it as well. Save your What's money. You can look at the pretty pictures if you want really to really thumb through it. There me. are way I'm better Bat books than this leave one. Leave it on the stand.
1: Uh <laughs> whoop. Best ass. Next up, Black Box number one by Mike Costa with breakdowns by Graham Nolan I and finishes, I guess, by Ken Lashley.
0: Yeah, it's hard to tell what was going on. The, I, the art was good. The art was solid in this one. Not great, but good.
1: I don't dig it.
0: I like both Graham Nolan and I like Ken Lashley, and I think they're you working together well, well here. You can find two different artists, they're they're two more d- different artists. Totally different guys. But I thought it worked fine. That said, earlier this week in my blog that I write for Worth Point, I was talking about how part of the DC relaunch is they've sort of looked at what works at other companies and they've tried to take a little bit of that magic and incorporate it in their own. They absolutely went after Mike Costa because of its success on G.I. Joe Cobra. Yeah. And they just so happened to give him the book that is about... Basically, it's of, about G.I. Joe. It's G.I. Joe. It's this DC's G.I. Joe. The Blackhawks. They, <laughs> you
1: know? they, they have silly code names. Yeah,
0: and like in my in the thing that I was writing in my blog, it was like, the Blackhawks is the code name for America's Strike Force. <laughs> like, oh, wait a minute. Sorry. That's G.I. Joe. This was totally G.I. Joe. Was there any reference points for like old DC readers here? I didn't catch any. No. The only thing that I did see is the very opening log where they're like, mission stats report. Lady Blackhawks in charge of whatever. Yeah, but, but then we never saw Lady Blackhawk.
1: That's what I was just thinking. There was a female character,
0: but they but they never actually was, called her Lady Blackhawk. She black was not Lady Blackhawk. She was someone else. They all have these ridiculous nicknames. The girl at the end, right? Like, With there's the, a there's a redheaded Russian guy named Irish because he's got red hair, and there's a black dude named Canada actually, from Atlanta. You know, which is kind of funny.
1: I thought that the I, yeah, I thought that part was clever.
0: But there wasn't much here. I was hoping they would go more of like a Black Razors feel from the Wildstorm universe, which we haven't seen for a while. A of course you would. I, well, yeah, but I mean, like there was, they did some really fun stuff with those characters, and I'd like to see like how human beings are dealing with this DCU. But you're already doing that, and you know, men of men war of war, was, oh, kind of about that. This felt kind of, not to use your word again, but superfluous.
1: Superfluous. Sur- this felt kind of superfluous. <laughs> surpl- I don't read so comics. <laughs> Super, superfluous. Yeah, the the real crime is that it's not as good as GI Joe Cobra. Yeah, and. I, I was really looking forward to this book. I'm going to stick with it yeah. at least
0: for a little while. I didn't hate I'm it. I'm not giving it a buy it. It was – It's a skimming at best. It was average, yeah. Yeah, skimming at best. Because uh, it wasn't terrible. There wasn't anything that hooked me. There weren't any reference yes. points to hook me in. And, and I will and-
1: say the one thing that it needed to have for me, they do reference – this is pretty much a reboot of the Blackhawks idea. Yeah, And they totally. reference the fact that the UN is funding the Blackhawks. All they needed to mention was that the Blackhawks have been around from the for- since the 40s. Yeah. And you could have had a shot of the old-style black. I'm
0: going to take it a step further. I wish they were pilots. Yeah. I wish this was the story of, like, extreme pilots or whatever. And extreme pilots. They lost me. This is basically G. There God. was not enough
1: extreme piloting. No. Skim it.
0: Next up, we've got The Flash, number one, by Francis Manipal and Brian Buccioletto. Buccioletto. Brian, give us a holler. We need to know how to pronounce your name, man. I loved it. I really loved it. So that's a strong buy for The Flash. <laughs> moving
1: on. And this is probably one of the books I was most worried about because I love The Flash I love The Flash too much
0: and every time not every time but a lot of the time we get the artists writing the book and that was it does not turn out the way we want it
1: yeah but he stepped up here now he is co-writing it with uh, Bucciolato Bucciolato but still I mean it it was great. He stepped up. He Francis Manipal delivered.
0: Francis Manipal is becoming one of my favorite artists. He issue by is. issue, he's becoming one of my favorites. He's so talented. He's moving in sort of a Darwin Cook type direction with his paneling and stuff. The way he his sort of storyboarding, what he's doing is amazing. One of my main problems with the old Flash series, and I love the Flash, uh, Jeff Johns Flash, one of my favorites, but the Jeff Johns Scott Collins Flash. I like Scott Collins too, but I never felt like scott collins could really do a good job showing us how fast his whole life is and Mm. maniple in the still page like has these full pages of of barry running around his apartment and doing stuff and like checking his computer and checking his phone and it's all one giant panel looking down and you see him like these swooshes of where he's going and it it just works it totally works this uh, book was so kinetic and fun.
1: Well, for many years, for many years, I think artists kind of fell on the crutch of using like the lightning stream, yeah, or like he's blurry to illustrate his movement. Yeah, and while it's cool looking, it doesn't necessarily imply speed. Yeah, it doesn't make him look. F- it doesn't make uh, him
0: look like the Flash, like he's the fastest man alive.
1: But I agree that Manipul pulls it off yeah he
0: nails it well and let's reset it here from what we know about barry real quick because him and iris are not together in this book
1: no they it's not a reboot of the character but it is a regression uh so barry is already the flash right but he is no longer married to iris in fact he's dating his co-worker penny patty patty from the crime lab
0: parpy <laughs>
1: perpy and iris is a reporter and she's kind of like a lois lane which is like flash flash tell me about what just happened? Yeah. You know, she's following him, following him around and stuff. I will say that Manipole does more to make me care about Barry and his supporting cast than Jeff Johns did in the entire 12-issue run of the last I think series.
0: that's true. I think that's totally true.
1: I, I give this book a strong buy it. Uh, they gave Barry more personality, and they did more to make me care about the character than anything Johns did since Flash Rebirth. And
0: this is an excellent place for someone who's never read The Flash to pick this up and go, this is a great starting off, strong buy it for me as well.
1: Next, we've got The Fury of Fire. Storm the nuclear men,
0: or the curious case of how Gail Simone will work with Ethan Van Skyver.
1: <laughs> this is by Gail Simone and Ethan Van Skyver with art by Yildre Sinar, uh, formerly of Legion of Superheroes.
0: I didn't love the art,
1: the art was different I than didn't what it. I'm used to from this
0: artist. There were some pretty ridiculous panels when they went to the football stuff that just did not work at all.
1: It, I me. will tell you, it had this kind of soft focus look. That made, instead of looking intentional, it looked unfinished.
0: Yeah, it looked loose and unfinished.
1: And I wonder if that was the case, if it was rushed. Because Yildre Sinar, normally very clean line, very sleek looking style. And this was very kind of fuzzy looking. It didn't work for me. uh, Like like very soft lines. And it it did not fit for this book.
0: Now, I like the idea of what they're setting up here. I think it's interesting that... They're have, both Firestorm. You have Jason Rush and then you have Ronnie Raymond, who were both established characters as Firestorm at one point in not the last universe. Though. This is complete but reboot. This is totally rebooted. And they are both Firestorm.
1: So even though Brightest Day happened, yeah. it did not happen to Firestorm. <laughs> Apparently not. But
0: it's cool because he wasn't a very big part of that story.
1: Right. It's not like he was, he was a huge one of the part, main part of characters.
0: Brightest Day. Yeah, they kind of ignored all of that and just sort of reset it. And I'm gonna say the new origin is a little hard for me to swallow.
1: It's called, I call it Mr. Terrific Syndrome.
0: I don't care for it. Like, Jason Rush is a high school student at Ronnie Raymond's high school. Ronnie Raymond is a football star. Jason Rush is a nerd, works for the paper. Oh, and he's a complete brilliant genius, I guess. Yeah. So much so that someone who works at the Large Hadron Collider <laughs> sent him, uh, I don't know, a jug of Firestorm, I guess. <laughs> for <laughs> I him, you can get that at Quick. Trip. For him to keep safe in his locker. Of right. all places, and they don't really go into any of and maybe it's we'll very see silly, maybe we'll see why later on. But it is a little ridiculous that this secret of firestorm, whatever it is, is kept in essentially a thermos in his <laughs> in his locker. And when he drinks from the thermos or whatever, him and Ronnie Raymond both turn into firestorm, <laughs> which is interesting. I like that. Right. And then later on we see, that both of those firestorms can kind of merge into one big, hulky firestorm. Which I kind of hate. I don't know if I hate it or not. He's I got a skull face, yeah. and he's a tough guy. And he's called know. the
1: Fury. We'll
0: see where we what? go with it. I This did, D- is it? A multiple personality? It sounded like a completely different character. This seemed like a good idea that maybe got away from the writers in the execution. There is mm-hmm. some good Gail Simone writing here. There's some weaker writing that may or may not be Ethan Van Sciver. Well, Schuyver. it's just plotted
1: by Ethan, written by Gail. So So
0: far, I can only say skim it because I'm interested to see where they go with this, but I don't know if this is the direction I need Firestorm to
1: go. Yeah, I'm interested in the concept. The execution fell down a bit. I'm giving it a skim it, but I'm interested enough to keep going.
0: Next up, we're looking at Green Lantern and The New Guardians, number one by Tony Bedard and Tyler Kirkham. (laughs) I almost threw this book across the room when I opened it because I went, oh, my God, oh, my God. They are totally rebooting Kyle Rayner. <laughs> like, no, it
1: was a flashback. It
0: was a flashback. There's a flashback in the beginning that shows how Kyle got his powers, but it never said five years ago right, or six months at ago the beginning, or it, yesterday. <laughs>
1: at the beginning of the book, it did not say, you know – the past. No, but.
0: you open the book and there's a pile of guardians laying there, groaning like, yeah. like they either had bad chili dogs or they all or got House killed. Jordan just murdered them. all. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really touch on it. They just sort of launched into this extremely brief resetting of who Kyle Rayner is, yeah. and then boom, flash forward to today. You know, right. like right. Which, if I'm a new reader, I I would have to look to see. Wait a minute, did I miss? A hundred and fifty pages <laughs> before this first page, like what the hell is it? Yeah. This is a terrible starting out point and awful. Um,
1: well, and, and I think it was just maybe they even intended to have a caption that said, you know, four years ago. Well,
0: but even if they did that, it there wasn't it, enough. You don't need to show us this if you want to start. This I think book you out do and I, get I just people interested. There. I think you just start off. You go ahead and hit the ground running with Kyle, and then as the story goes, as issues later. We can get into the story of where Kyle came from. Right now, you need to set up the idea that there's green lanterns, yellow lanterns, orange lanterns, red lanterns, and instead they just kind of like, here's a little fart of his origin, and welcome to today where all this is happening. You know, and. and yeah, that's a good point. And I will say, not very well executed. This one, I mean, there wasn't much here. This one felt really rushed to me.
1: Oh, I don't think it was. I don't think it felt rushed. I just didn't like it
0: <laughs> I felt I felt like it was thrown together like another Green Lantern book for Tony Bedard I, I just don't know how they're going to pull this one off I wasn't real interested in what's well, we, happening we
1: should say that this is the book that is carrying on the Rainbow Coalition kind of idea <laughs>
0: the Rainbow Coalition
1: <laughs> you've got the multicolored uh, lanterns I will say I did really enjoy the idea behind the story like the cliffhanger um, I yeah
0: never- that that was interesting
1: uh, I will go ahead and just say what it is. All these rings are abandoning their wielders. Yeah. And, and leaving some of them have, floating in space yeah, dead. <laughs> and they have all chosen Kyle. So suddenly all these rings show up on Earth and it's, and they're like, Kyle Raynor, you have been chosen. He's going
0: to be Captain Rainbow.
1: Uh, and I just really like that idea. And I'm kind of curious about why that is. And then, of course, all the other you know, members of the various corps show up to beat him down for it. And that's right. the cliffhanger. But so while I'm interested in parts of it, the rest of it I'm just i just.
0: There wasn't much here. I'm bored with. There wasn't much here, and Tyler Kirkham's art is blah at best. I thought he was better than I've seen him for a while. I still don't love it by any means. This one can only be a skim it, and this is by far the weakest of the Green Lantern books. Not terrible, but I don't know if I care to read anymore.
1: I'm giving it a skim it uh bordering huh leave it. And like if I didn't if I didn't actually care still a little bit about the uh the the mythology of the Green Lanterns and the multi multiple colors, I would ignore this completely.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sad to see Kyle shunted through this book. We'll see.
1: Alrighty, it's time for I, Vampire by Joshua Hale Fialkov and Andrea Sorrentino.
0: Every creator I can think of on Twitter was screaming about this book this week. Comic creators that I didn't even know read comics anymore were like, go pick up iVampire. Yes, And true. they were right. This was surprise of the week. I really enjoyed it. I thought the art was very, it had this kind of like 90s Jay Lee feel to it. It, it looked meets, like
1: Jay Lee. Meets Alex with, May Leave, maybe. Uh, Leonardo Menko is where I went. Okay. But I went yeah. to
0: Alex May Leave because I think it's a, a little, little less more, scratchy. Right. Yeah. A little more photo reference in some of it. But they took essentially what could have been a really lame Twilight story. Forced in the DCU, I
1: definitely thought that's what we were gonna get.
0: I totally thought we were gonna get, but they made this pretty interesting. Instead,
1: I, it's a really lame vampire Lestat story. <laughs> sort of, sort of. I'm kidding. It's not.
0: But this worked for me. I know you've got you've got a male character and a female character. They're both vampires. The male character has been around longer. He created this female character. Yeah, she is full on evil. Sure. She is, and and I like how they go straight to sort of like the vampire as as a race. And she's basically saying, look, I'm like Martin Luther King, okay? I'm telling you, we're not going to be downtrodden anymore. Let's go out and kill humans. And he (laughs) is saying... No, we're not going to do that. Right. And he's apparently been killing vampires for a while. Yes. Like defending humanity. But they did a really great job on this one, like setting up the argument, setting up that it takes place in the DCU. She plans on eating superheroes, basically. Mm-hmm. And we see her transform into a wolf, into a bat, into a mist. These are very classic vampires. They touch on the fact that sunlight doesn't kill them, but it does weaken them mm-hmm. and makes them easier to kill. I was very interested. It's like their kryptonite. It takes their powers. This was fun. I'm giving this one a buy-it. I finished it. I put it down,
1: and I said, it's better than I was expecting. It's well executed, very well told, beautifully drawn.
0: Very well written. Very well written. Dialogue was great.
1: Uh, I just don't care. And that's fine
0: if you're tired of vampires, and I understand why people are. It's
1: not about being tired of vampires. It's just... I. I can't read everything, right? And so some books are going. Whoa! G- I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I thought Joe Patrick was hosting this show. with
1: me. <laughs> some books are going to interest you more than others. I'm just not especially interested in the concept. So
0: what are you rating this one?
1: I'm giving it a skimmit. Whoa! Which uh, not? It's not a negative. That's not a negative review. Fair it enough. just means you have to decide whether or not you're interested in it.
0: I'll be ri- this one had a vertigo feel for me, and I like how they're incorporating that feel into the regular GCU. I'm reading more. Yeah, and whether or not this will be a great story that continues or a story that should have been told in the pages of Justice League Dark or something like that, we'll see. But I liked it. I'm giving it a buy. It. Speaking of Justice League Dark, next we have Justice League Dark by Peter Milligan and <laughs> Mikhail Janin. And it sounds like a beer. I don't like the title. The title Justice is really... League Dark. They could have come up with <clears throat> a better title. It's dumb. That said, cover, amazing. Ryan Sukart art, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The interior art, also really, really solid. I very much liked it it gave it a instantly a spooky dark magic feel that they're going for here and what they're setting up here is a group of people that deal with the magic side of the dcu right because guys like superman wonder woman cyborg they're not built for that stuff and we see that there's a great couple of pages where we see the justice league has been called in to deal with the enchantress who's going insane and causing magical problems in this area i can't even remember where it was not important maybe kansas they show up and they cannot deal with this yeah. enchanted teeth start flying Witch's at them teeth. and like cutting superman up a, and like they just instantly show us there are threats that the justice league cannot deal with that's when we call justice league dark who so far it looks like we have madame xanadu zatanna shay the changing man john constantine Dead Man. And Dead Man. I'm sure all the other magic characters will be popping up here. Yeah, I think the demon's going to show up. See, the demon. Show up. It's only a matter of time where Dr. Occult shows up, who I love. Love that character. But this, he wears a fedora. This was fun. Peter Milligan really nailing this one. Very strong, dark, kind of vertigo feel to it. This is going to be a completely different book than the other Justice League. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, I... There's nothing really Justice League-y about it. I think they no. only called it that for sales purposes. And
0: they've shown that these characters are really strange, fringy characters. There's a great panel with Shade dealing with, like... I don't want to give it away, but like the woman that's in his life and how creepy their relationship is.
1: (laughs) It's pretty creepy.
0: This book is going to be fun. I really enjoyed it. There was some stuff that, there was some stuff that Milligan wrote about like, when Superman shows up in the area where the Enchantress is and he's like, this smells insane. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, like, it smells like popping eyeballs and in the inside of babies. Yeah. The, the, like, the, oh, the, gross.
1: The kind of <laughs> occult things that are happening and the way Milligan describes them, like the witch's teeth and, and that sort of thing, it's very inventive. Yeah. And, it really feels unreal. This is a great place for the magic. Supernatural. The magic not, characters. Yeah, like it's out of place in this world. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. I give it a strong buy.
0: Huge buy it for me here. I think this might end up one of my favorites, honestly.
1: It was great. Next, Savage Hawkman number one
0: by Tony Daniel and Philip Tan. My second pleasant surprise of the week. In- I, I went into this one thinking, here we go. You know what? I don't even... Okay, I haven't liked Tony Daniel. I've been very as a vocal writer. about that as a writer. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of Philip Tan.
1: No, neither am I.
0: And... Both of them really nailed this one. I think Philip Tan changed up his art style here and did a really nice job. It
1: was very well done.
0: This is not a complete reboot of Hawkman as far as I can tell yet. I will say that it is unclear. Yeah, we don't know where they're going here yet. He's
1: definitely, we come in, he has been Hawkman.
0: He has been for a while. He's done with it. He takes off the Nth Mm. Metal suit. He's going to burn it in the woods. He sets it on fire and something weird happens. It's true. Really weird. And it, I don't know. I don't know where they go from this one. There's no mention of Hawk Girl. There's no mention of his past. We really don't know anything about him That's Hoffman the yet. thing
1: is that it's very unclear what exists, what has been retained from previous versions of yeah, the character. he's not an
0: archaeologist anymore. He's a well, cryptologist. He's
1: a, crypt- a cryptologist, yeah, which is
0: He studies like ancient writing and I stuff. Think it's,
1: it's, I think that's I think still archeology. a branch of
0: archaeology perhaps.
1: But, yeah, it's but other than that, they make a vague reference to uh, not of this world or something uh, but the, like there's no mention of the reincarnation or of him being no. old or of him even being the character we knew and in fact his personality is totally different yeah he speaks much more like an earth man like a middle aged earth man he doesn't talk like a 3000 year old no
0: tough guy no but i do like that i mean we get to see hawkman being savage he's got an axe he's using it here instead yeah. of like he used to flying around he used to fly around with like a spiked mace and an axe, and he never killed anyone. Oh, that's not <laughs> true. Like,
1: like, in J- in Johns' JSA and Hawkman, he was constantly braining people with that mace. He
0: was braining people with it, but it's like you're hitting someone with a spiked mace, and they're not dying. Well,
1: <laughs> you know? it's not... Sp- you didn't
0: rip their head off it's when you hit them? It's not spiked. It. They're just nubbins. But in this one, I mean, yeah. he goes straight at it, like, cuts a guy's arm off, and... I really liked it. It, it was, was fun. It was so much better than this I was expecting. was a pleasant surprise. I want to see where they go with it next. They definitely have some explaining to do, but I'm interested. It didn't leave me scratching my me. head. Yeah, it hooked It left me. me wanting more. That's what they needed to do with this book. I'm giving it a buy it. I will give it a buy it as well, but
1: with a caveat that Morphicus is the stupidest villain name It's
0: ever. a bad name. It's a bad name. Anyhow, good job, Tony. D. And I'm sick of aliens oh. speaking English. We've got the final key in the Justice League chain Superman, number one, rounding out the big DC titles. This one's by George Perez and Jesus Marino. There was a lot of art in this book. A lot of art. They drew the heck out of this one. What does that mean? I mean, there was a million <laughs> panels in this book. Oh. It was every page had a minimum of 75 panels. Well, that's because <laughs> George Perez did layouts. It was ridiculous and how much how they George tried. George Perez rolls. Okay. This is not a reboot or a reset. This is Superman in modern day. The Daily Planet has changed into sort of a CNN or Fox News the type. Da- Daily
1: Planet has been purchased,
0: and now they're calling it Planet Global something. What was it
1: Planet Global Network?
0: Which. Planet Global, that is so dumb. No, The Daily Planet is still The Daily Planet. Okay, well, Uh, there's also a TV network that's sort of swallowed. They become a media company, so they exist on the web, on cable, and in print. This story was so far from what I wanted to read as a Superman story. It
1: was basically Daily Planet number one. Yeah. Had they called this
0: this the Daily Planet number one, I may have said this was pretty well executed, and I'm kind of interested to see where this goes because it is, they're following the reporters from page one to the final page. It is a narration of an encounter with Superman and this flame creature Right. that is, unless they want us to believe, okay, and, and it's supposedly written by Clark Kent, for the Daily Planet, unless they want us to believe that Clark Kent was sitting on a little seat In Superman's pocket. on Superman's back, yeah. there is no way he yes. can come up with the details Absolutely right. that he has for this story. That's exactly that what the I paper. thought. You've got he's lo- like describing
1: what Superman was thinking. Yeah, it, is, the fight. it was
0: ludicrous <laughs> and just completely overwritten. Uh,
1: this, this to me, be like, fair. To be fair, I think it said on like when you when they showed a picture of the article it said exclusive interview but still regardless yeah. it
0: it was this was not what i wanted to read this was completely overwritten it took me two sittings to get through it not because there was so much character development or story going on it's because they just hammed it up they it was like we got to see Lois Lane running around the control room of CNN, shouting, now cut to this camera, now go to this. Wow, we've got the narration of the Superman story by Clark Kent. And on top of that, we've got Jimmy, like, making phone calls in the background. There was a lot going on. Jimmy, who, by the way, is totally drawn like Justin Bieber in this issue for some reason. He looks exactly like Justin Bieber. He looks like he's 12. This just fell down for me. And not to mention, like, I understand that, action comics was going to be a big removal from the Superman character because we're seeing him as young this is where I needed to see it's okay
1: Superman as we know him he ends
0: up the smiling good Superman guy that everybody loves and all we have is like scowling mean Superman in this looking down all mad because the Daily Planet building is getting destroyed and like this just didn't work for me on any level I did not like this I'm giving it to leave it
1: I'm sticking with it. I agree it had a lot of problems. I agree that it needed to be more about Superman and less about the Daily Planet. Yeah. I I understand what Perez was doing. I understand the device of— And I get that, too. Viewing the story through the eyes of the reporters. But this is issue number one. It needed to be Superman.
0: Yeah. If you want to tell a story like that later on, I'm fine. And, and really, gotta,
1: Superman was barely in it.
0: You got establish soups, and they did yeah. not establish yeah, anything. Yeah, it falls
1: yet. down in that regard. I thought the art was good. I like Jesus Marino. The art was
0: really solid,
1: and I I think that he should draw the book entirely. The Perez layouts don't necessarily work with Marino's style because no. it's very busy.
0: And it didn't feel new at all. It made the book feel really old. But if I mean. you look
1: at if you look at Marino's art on Justice Society, the previous volume, he's very good.
0: He's very solid. And the art wasn't bad. It just didn't work here yeah. for me.
1: And
0: so I, I'm, I'm going to give it a skim it. And you know what? Not, because not the art. Pardon me. The paneling didn't work right, here right, for right, me. Right, 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 uh, right. I'm giving it a skim it.
1: I like the focus on the supporting cast. It was too much focus. Yeah. But I think the Daily Planet and the supporting characters are, are very compelling.
0: Absolutely. But let's see them it from Clark's to be point of view. A little less in this I issue. I don't want to see it from Lois or Jimmy or any Perry's point of view. I want to see it from Clark's point of view.
1: Yep. I give it a skim it. Thanks, Super fool. You've just
0: sealed the fate of the entire Justice League. We're in the home stretch. It's
1: Teen Titans number one by Scott Lobdell and Brett Booth. Matt, tell me how much you loved it.
0: I got so excited when I read Scott Lobdell's Superboy because it was fun and refreshing and new. And then I read his Red Hood and the Outlaws, and that sucked. And then I read his Teen Titans. And at this point, I'm going to say he's one for three. This was <laughs> Red Robin's featured book where if you were in love with Tim, like I'm in love with Tim, he's here. He's the leader of the team. Weirdo. In his new Avengers Falcon suit for <laughs> no, I don't know how else to describe it. They reestablish him. He's living in like a LexCorp tower for some reason. Seems
1: like a mistake for somebody that has a secret identity.
0: Uh-huh. I didn't really get it. And um, he's kind of mouthy and extreme and he's like um (sighs) this it just didn't work for me at all this did not work this is not my tim he's like totally confident completely badass absolutely not a kid at all that's Tim, though no i disagree i completely disagree tim while being confident and intelligent was not cocky by any sense We never saw him cocky That was more Where Dick Grayson went Maybe mm. But not Tim Tim was down to earth Level headed Nice guy In this one He's smooth uh, He's not afraid To jump out of a window And land in a sports car And blow up his apartment <laughs> You know Like <laughs> it, it just it, He this, didn't land in a sports this car This did not work for me And I like I and it was the way that it's written in this, like, sort of, like, extreme fashion. That doesn't work for the Teen Titans for me at all. And I don't care for Brett Booth's art. I really don't care for it. He's not because he's, like, a bad artist or inept. I just don't like his art, and I don't like the way this book looked. I, I didn't hate it, but I sure didn't love it. I can only give this a skim It
1: I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. Really? Yes. When they announced Teen Titans, and then they showed the preview art.
0: Did you like Wonder Girl? I like that she's like stop calling me Wonder Girl. My name is not Wonder Girl, but she was just like a bitch. That's fine.
1: Like this is a they're rebooting some of these characters. I get it, and I'm fine with it. The idea that she's kind of wanted, and she stole these artifacts, and now she's on the run. Right. Uh, I I was fine with it. Uh, I I actually don't hate her redesign. For the most part, all of the other redesigns are terrible.
0: Yeah. Even kid, flash, terrible. even kid, flash didn't look kid very. Kid
1: flash is the worst. He just
0: looks dumb, and I didn't. I mean, like I like his character. He's kind of hyperactive, and he gets in some trouble. And when uh, he thinks he's trying to well help. Well, now
1: that uh, what you see in the beginning of the book is not the redesign. That's his homemade costume he's thrown together. Right, right. Uh, the, I'm talking about the the cover oh, costume yeah. that he's going to get. Ugh. But I liked the, the I, I liked the idea that people are really down on teen superheroes. Uh, I like that Tim is kind of looking after them and gathering them together. I liked it more than you did and I expected to hate it. Uh, aside from the redesigns, I actually didn't have any problems with the art. I think this is stronger than some of Brett Booth's I other just don't, work.
0: I And like I said, I just don't like Brett Booth. It's not because he's capable. I just don't like the way his art looks, the yeah. way he draws people. Uh, like everyone weighs 75 pounds <laughs> and they're 8 feet tall. Oh. I
1: I just... I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. I'm willing to see... Where it's going, and I appreciate that it's tying him with Superboy. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun.
0: It just—I don't want to read a bunch of cocky, extreme, mouthy super teens. I don't need that anymore. It's just tired. I didn't
1: get the impression that he was cocky and confident. I got the impression that he was confident, not cocky.
0: Straight cocky.
1: Well, and he was also putting on a tough show for the people that were invading his home. I didn't have a problem with that. Eh. But yeah. I'm willing to keep going. It was not great, but I'm interested enough. I'm giving it a skimmit. I, I will say I liked it a lot more than Matt did.
0: Uh, fair enough. The final book in the DC New 52, Voodoo Number 1 Thank God. by Ron Mars, his triumphant return to DC Comics, and Sammy Bassery. Voodoo is a wild storm character, um not one that I particularly had an affinity to. She was a stripper, and her story was she was half human, half alien, and she just happened to be on a team of people that were hunting down and killing the aliens that she was half a member Un-
1: of. unlike the rest of the wildcats, she was half bad yeah, alien. yeah the other wildcats the were all half good
0: aliens or humans that were friends with good aliens right. or whatever. Or robots. She's still a stripper. Some of them are robots. She's still half alien. She's still completely buxom, and they (laughs) still- Spend four or five pages on her stripping. <laughs> yeah. uh, how
1: about 18 pages <laughs> yeah, well, they, out of 20? Uh, it was like was, the hype man.
0: Yeah, there was just not much here. I don't have much to say about it. Sammy Bassery drew the hell out of it. It was very pretty, but most of it is cheesecake. Sammy Bassery was
1: the artist on Power Girl.
0: He's a very talented guy.
1: Listeners will remember how much I enjoyed that book.
0: I just don't think there's any way that this character can sustain a book by herself.
1: To be fair... The book ends with her leaving the strip club. She's done. She's right. been She's outed. Honest.
0: And she... she even says in it, like, someone's like, well, what are you doing here? And she was like, it's a good way men let their defenses down here. It's a good way to learn about human beings or whatever. She's obviously an alien on Earth trying to just fit in. Was that I it? I assume this is going to bump into the Grifter book at some point, And, boy, I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> But, again, there just wasn't much here. I don't see this one lasting more than six or seven issues, to be honest. It was definitely one of the lower-ordered ones all over the world, I'm sure. Yeah. I can only give it a skim. At. There wasn't even really anything to hate. I mean, it just kind of was what it was. I don't I, think we need it. I like Ron Mars. I like Sammy Basry. I love Ron Mars. I like the hook.
1: I like the idea that yeah. she's being investigated. I will say <clears throat> the twist... Quote unquote, and I'm going to spoil it because it's right there on the cover anyway. She's half alien. She turns into a monster.
0: Yeah. Well, we already. Yeah.
1: So, but like, if you didn't know anything about voodoo, sure. uh, So it's right there on the cover. She's got a claw hand and a sexy lady face, right? Yeah. At like the very end of the book, they spend the entire issue of her dancing and talking to this government agent, and then only at the very end of the book does she reveal she's turns turns into a hideous monster, and then you know it goes from there. That hook came too late. Yeah. The previous 18 pages were nothing but her dancing and people commenting on her dancing. Yeah, this is
0: like a three-minute read. There was almost nothing here.
1: And I'm giving it a skimmit. I will say... It's a stretch to say I'm very interested, but on the strength of the creative team, I'm willing to give it a chance.
0: Here's what I'm saying. This was
1: not a very good first issue. The problem is is that you get no sense of what the actual plot will be. Right. We know she's being investigated. We know she's got monster powers. That's it.
0: Yeah, we'll see.
1: And she's really sexy it strikes me as when DC she's not a green
0: monster. Trying to cash in on the Witchblade money, which there's not much out there. Maybe.
1: <laughs> uh, now, what would, what would your opinion be if... Uh,
0: it leads to a Wildcats book. Eh, this isn't gonna lead to a Wildcats, Wildcats book. Eh.
1: I don't even know that action I don't even know that, that team
0: works, works in the new DCU. I don't necessarily need that.
1: I'm good. bottom line, Voodoo could have been better. Skim it.
0: Thus concludeth our adventure into the brand new DCU. If you want to hear our final thoughts on this week's books and our top five favorite new DC titles. You gotta go to our Facebook page and check out the THN Facebook Extra. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do it. Break it, break it down like this. That's it for the two-headed nerd this week. If you like the show the way we used to do it before all the DC <laughs> relaunch BS took over, this show and our whole lives, don't fret, because next week everything goes back to normal. So please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the show on iTunes, where your star ratings reviews will be the only thing consoling me if Wisconsin kicks the hell out of the Huskers tonight on national television. If you want to help out two struggling nerds and support this show, you can click our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com and know that your donation in any amount is not only appreciated, but enables us to help you spend your comic dollar wisely. (laughs) Yes, we're doing a service. Yes,
1: how nice. As always, you can find all things two headed and nerdy at twoheadednerd.com, where you can find our Twitter handles, a link to uh, Ask a Nerd, and all of our friends' pages. And also, you can contact the comic pushers to ask what you should be reading. And don't forget, send us your submissions for the THN mascot contest. Yeah, we're
0: serious about this. this now, is gonna, we need I, a two headed nerd. I heard a rumor. Uh oh. I, I think I know somebody might be. <laughs> I assume, oh don't tell me don't tell I me I won't. want to be surprised
1: The winner will be voted on by you the listeners and the new mascot will be featured on the new 2 nerd.com coming
0: soon to internet's everywhere If Joe Patrick ever finishes it if that's not enough I'm busy head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN you can hear the THN extras for this week and answer the question of the week this week's query
1: don't step on my lines this week's query whoa it's the final week let us know your best and worst and what's more we want to know your top five favorite titles of the relaunch and like we said we'll have the special top five extra up we'll be counting down our own five
0: favorites next week get ready for your october edition of nerd tv it's back before we go our weekly shout out goes out to all you nerds that stuck with us through a whole month of this whole new world bullshit. Bullshit! Word to everyone that picked up a new DC52 title and shared their experience with us. We hope you continue to do so. We love all of you guys. And until next time, true believers, this is the two-headed nerd signing off from a whole new world. Bullshit! (laughs)